0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Afraid Not. The pilot recording,
1: everybody. Thanks for being a listener. We're glad you're listening in. I'm Jill McCormick. I'm Robin Wall. And this is called Afraid Not. And you might wonder, well, how do you spell that? Is it afraid as in F-A-R-A-I-D? Well, no, it's not. We're doing a little play on words. The way we spell this is A, space, F-R-A-Y-E-D, and then a space, K-N-O-T. We know that our lives get very frayed and frazzled lots of times, like when we're trying to record a podcast. And I've had to do this one several times. But it's we, okay. we know that God holds all things together. And Jill has that verse for us, too, to talk about that. So
0: one of our verses that we're claiming is Colossians 1:17 which says he is before all things and in him all things hold together. So just like a knot, he holds it all together. And our lives get really messy sometimes. Sometimes
1: when we are in the midst of it, it's hard to see how God could ever use it. And we're hoping that in this podcast, the wisdom that is shared by our guests on the show will be a blessing to you and will help you walk with him more closely with faith, like Proverbs 31, 25, and 26 says, She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. So we're praying that God will use this podcast to help bring wisdom, faithful instruction, and help us just learn to laugh. We need to laugh where we are right now and to not
0: fear the future. So just so you guys know, we. Has spent three hours trying to edit this (laughs) and had missed one button that wasn't (laughs) recording. So it's been so weird. We are are having to laugh. (laughs) Uh, We also have another name for this Uh, podcast. Our sub name title for this podcast is Salty and Sweet or Sugar and Spice, and we'll let you all figure out who's who on that. Listeners, you decide. And we are so excited about
1: our first conversation that we got to have on Afraid Not. We are so happy to have Amber Hudler today as our guest. And we want you to enjoy listening to her story. And she's got some great things to share with us. She's a wife and a mom. She is the assimilation coordinator for First Baptist Church of Owasso. So she helps guests and new members find their spot how to put their, their skills and gifts and talents to use serving the Lord.
0: You're gonna hear her talk about um, some things that she's had to walk through with her with health issues with her and her daughter. And we just hope that you're encouraged by this and you're gonna laugh. Um, Amber and I both know things about uh, Flo Rida, which Robin does not. So if that <laughs> yeah, helps you figure out. out who's who. <laughs> so, and
1: if you ever have a chance to go to junior high, camp at Falls Creek with Amber Hudler, jump on it. You're going to have a great time.
0: So here we go with Afraid Not.
1: So Amber, why don't we start today? And We, have, we know you and, and we think you're awesome, but a lot of our listeners may not have that privilege. So would you just give us a little snapshot of yourself and so our listeners will know who you are and maybe a little highlight reel of, of how you are at this place in your life.
2: I appreciate being classified as awesome, that's yes, good. Um, that definition must vary from person <laughs> to person, but I'm going to run with it. Um, anyway, so I've been married for 16 years to my husband, Matt. We have three children, Addison who's 14, Caden who is 11, and Cale who is 8. We moved here to Oklahoma a little over four years ago, but we had lived in Richmond, Virginia 12 years prior to that.
0: So did you and Matt meet in college?
2: Is that yeah, we did, actually. He stalked me, if you really want the whole story. I mean, nice. if we just want to lay that I out do there. I like the story. <laughs> yeah, so. I threw him under the bus. He, he, he's used to that. He's got tire marks on his face. <laughs> um, but anyways, I happened to, when we were in college, we met at North Carolina, and I had come back from a run, something I used to do in my past life. And um, I'd shown up, and I didn't really know my roommate very well. And I saw this guy sitting, eating a box of Cheerios in a blow-up chair in our room, Chilling like it was his own place. And I look at my roommate, and she's looking at me, and we have no idea like what's going on. And I'm thinking, You want to introduce him? And she's looking at me like, I don't know how. And so I introduced myself to him, and so he just happened to be there helping some friends move in. We were in an upperclassman dorm. And so um, after that, I started running into him at, in strange places. I thought it was, um, you know, just off the cuff. But what I came to learn later was that he he found out my schedule and just randomly would bump into me. It was really great. So So that's kind of how we met. Who can blame him? Don't be
1: jealous. (laughs) So So he eventually won your heart. He he did.
2: He did. We dated for two and a half years and then got married in 2002.
1: All right. Awesome. Well, um, what we would like to start with today is a a part of your life that um, God really brought you and Matt through a time when your daughter had been really badly hurt. And as you went through it all the things that God taught you that now you look back on and you know are invaluable parts of of the Lord's character that you are so glad you know but that's really not a fun time to go through so would you just talk about that a little bit today with us
2: sure so back in March of 2012 um, I had been leading a small group of young girls and a just was a small group leader for youth girls and so I wanted Addison to have the opportunity to be around young girls who loved the Lord. I wanted her to see that in action. And so she'd gone with me. We were having a little campfire at somebody's house. And so she had gone with me. And what was really interesting is before I went, she said, I'm not feeling really great. Like my ear's bothering me. And I don't know if I can go. It was just really odd that she would say that. And, and usually I'm not one to jump on the, the wagon and say, you know, take some medicine. But for whatever reason... I just said, you know, let's go ahead and take some ibuprofen before you go. I really just wanted her to go. I wanted her to be around these girls and I thought, not a big deal. Well, as we were sitting around the campfire, um, later that night, about a, I was trying to think, it was probably about an hour later after she'd had the ibuprofen, interestingly enough, that we were sitting around a campfire and somebody threw something into the base of the fire and it popped out of the fire, landed on Addison and it mm. lit her body on fire from oh. head to waist. And so, you know, it's one of those slow-mo moments where you're going, and it's dark. Somebody's on fire. Oh, my gosh, that's my kid. And then what are you supposed to do at this point? And we had another adult running over, and he was trying to help her, and, you know, fire was going up his arms, and we finally went, stop, drop, roll. And so we got everything uh, under control, got her to the... You know, to the ER, and interestingly enough, again, about 15 or 20 minutes from where we live is the only burn unit in the state. Wow. So it's pretty cool that mm-hmm. we lived that close. But the reason I told you the story about the ibuprofen was one of the things that we learned was her having that anti inflammatory and pain management in her body ahead of time is what helped kind of keep the pain somewhat at bay. So it was oh, so wow. cool to see how God goes Mm -hmm. before us sometimes. And that's how I see it. You know, that he just kind of went before us for me to do something I wouldn't ordinarily do and how that was kind of working in her body, uh, you know, at that time. So she, she stayed in the burn unit for a few days and then she came home and had a few weeks. She couldn't leave the house until everything was closed. And she had to wear a, a visor on her head and a, and a, you know, a glove around her hand for the next year and a half because the skin was just so new. Wow. And so one of the cool things during that time was I can remember her coming in the back door one day and just saying, and she's young. I mean, you know, she's eight maybe because she thinks she had seven and just turned eight. And I remember her coming in. She doesn't remember this, but um, she had taken the hat and the glove and thrown it on the ground and said, I hate this hat and I hate this glove. Mm. And I looked at her and I said, baby, wh- why? And she goes, because it's a reminder. It reminds me of that night and it reminds me mm. of everything I that happened and I hate it and I said you know I look at that and I see something totally different I said I see that that's a reminder of God's faithfulness you know he provided you know medicine in your body ahead of time he got us to a burn unit within a, a small amount of time and your body healed even more quickly than they anticipated and so for me that's a reminder of ways that to just say thank you so that was kind of in a nutshell what had happened i guess almost six years ago a good now. way to reframe it for her. yeah mm-hmm.
0: so when you were processing how to help addison through being burned what were some of the things god gave you to say to her besides i mean there was that right was there anything else that came up that kind of helped you
2: help her process through that well i'm not exactly sure for her i would say you know the one thing that i shared and then um just also talking to her at a young age about how you get to choose your perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, you can choose to be angry about the reminders or you can choose to see those reminders as thankfulness, you know, as being thankful for God's work, were things that we talked about, you know, with her and, and how we processed with her and told her to draw things, you know, use, you know, draw pictures of how you're feeling or things that you're going through. And um, But for me, some of the, the things that happened um, in my life was i had had our youth pastor years ago 10 years before this happened they had unfortunately lost their son to cancer and i was very close to both of them he had been in remission for about five years and then within weeks he was gone it came back and he was gone and i would house sit for them a lot and when they were in jacksonville which was about two hours from where we lived and i was there when they got home that night from after after having to leave him in jacksonville and Um, was just kind of chatting with them and was there the next few days. And one day, Brenda, it was her name, the youth pastor's wife, she and I were talking, and she taught me a valuable lesson that actually came to play. Who who would have known how valuable it would have been 10 years down the road? And she looked at me just so broken, as we can all imagine as moms, and just here, just sobbing, and she said, if I have to, if I have to go through this, I'll be better for it. She's like, I will not be a bitter, angry woman who's taking my big old pocketbook around the store, angry with people. I'm going to be better, and I'm going to advance the kingdom because of it. And that stayed Mm -hmm. with me to the point that when I was walking through this with Addison, I remembered Brenda, and I remembered her face, and I remembered her saying, if I have to go through this, if I have to, I'll be better for it. And that's when I remember thinking with Addison, that if we have to go through this, we're going to be better for it. And... And people are going to hear about the Lord because of it. And so there were nights that it was really hard for, for weeks for me to go to sleep because all I could see was her body on fire um, oh. and just trying to fall asleep right. and, and seeing that. Um, and then there was another moment where the people's home that we were at, the adult that was responsible for throwing something in the fire, They showed up the next day and um, just looked very dejected Mm -hmm. their heads were down Mm -hmm. and just wouldn't look us in the eyes and I mean the the hair on his arm was gone I mean it was very traumatic for them as well and and it was like the Holy Spirit just lifted me out of my chair and I just ran over to them and I said look at me this is part of the story that the Holy Spirit is writing for Addison this is part of her story no more like we don't blame you we don't hold things against you we're not angry with you this is part of his plan and I felt like again mm. that kind of goes back to somebody being willing to share their story with me in the middle of their heartache saying you have a choice we could have been angry we could have been like yeah, that what was a stupid gift <laughs> to give them <laughs> <You know? What? laughs> but, so that was yeah. a gift to give them because that would yeah that would be very traumatic on
0: Damn. everybody's end sure. and
1: how did this affect addison's faith too I mean, she's just such a young child going through this. So the
2: really, was, I mean. yeah, it was yeah. So the cool part behind that is, like I said, she was just a few weeks away from turning eight, um, if my memory serves me correctly. But let's not let's not put any bets on that. <laughs> um, just, <laughs> just saying, um, is that later on that summer we were, we had just pulled up to the house and she said, "Mom," and she came flying up from the back of the van. She said, "Mom, I was just talking to Caden." About um, Jesus, and I was just telling him about, you know, when I was burned with fire, and we were talking through this, and she said, "Guess what?" She was like, "God's real to me." She oh. said, "I know when I was five that that I gave my life to the Lord." You know, she goes, "But I just did that because I wanted to eat the bread and drink the drink." And you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> "You know, parenting fail. We tried everything we knew. You talked with a pastor." Um, <laughs> you know. But, you know, and I think that's even something that's helped me, even as we work with children now, you know, is to understand that that God is planting that seed and it's as real to them as it can be. And he's going to continue to water that. And so for her at the age of eight now, she had said, but he's real now. I know he's with me and I know he never leaves me and I know he takes care of me. And she said, and I learned that through the fire. And that was (laughs) like six months, you know, just from, from that time. but. I do want to tell you, because I just feel like I just need to, because I just need to keep it real. One of the funniest moments, you didn't ask, but this Let's is free. Um, when we were, it was just me and her, and we were in the hospital, and um, this is great. My husband will thank me for sharing this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like sometimes, as soon as we're sitting, it's just me and her, and I was rubbing her feet, trying to help her fall asleep. And we were listening to the to my iPod, just beautiful worship music. You know, you're like, whoa, got my hands in the air. I'm just feeling the spirits moving. It's really great. And um, and then all of a sudden the music flips to um, Flo Rida. I don't. Some of you may or may um. not know him. Very very clean um, lyrics, and apple all of jeans, a sudden yes. I, and that's exactly what came on, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> <Apple bottom> <laughs> <jeans>. <laughs> it came on and all of a sudden it was like apple bottom jeans, <laughs> <laughs> boots with the fur, and I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we were just with the Holy Spirit, and, <laughs> and Flo Rida showed up. <laughs> 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 so you know, it just reminds me that you know, human. You know, so that w- I had to chase yeah. that squirrel because I need a little laughter in the Thanks, middle of all that. <laughs> I love it. We were at a
0: trivia night one time and that was one of the questions was had something to do with Flo Rida and I was the only one at the table that knew that answer. And they were like, everybody's looking at me like, Flo Rida, how do you know that? And I'm like, I just do? <laughs> Are you cultured? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like yeah. pop culture and hip hop. Yes,
2: yeah. <laughs> so special story of my life really worshiped, okay. It's questionable. uh,
1: Okay, bridging, bridging. Please bridge. So, what were some specific scriptures that you look back on that, like through the hospital, through the the skin grafts and all the things you had to go through with all of those things? What were some scriptures that you all clung to and that you gained a lot of strength from through that time?
2: So, a really cool story, um, and I'm gonna have to look it up just because I want to be sure that I don't totally butcher it. I have it with me. Is um, I can remember because shortly after Addison was uh, burned, uh, she had just gone back to school on that Thursday, and then I was in the uh, hospital with an emergency appendectomy.
1: Wow! That's when it, it rained, it poured. Oh man,
2: it was pouring at the other House. I oh. mean, we were all kinds of just head bobbing up and down out of the water, and. So I just had had some stomach pain, and I thought, this is just weird enough. And I'd gone to urgent care, who sent me to ER, who then sent me into surgery. And so.
1: And you had no idea. I had no idea. It yeah,
2: surgery. it was really, well, no, it was yeah. really great. It was really great. And um, and my mom was supposed to leave because she had flown in. And so I was um, recovering from that. And then Matt was taking my mom to the airport after she'd stayed a few extra days. And, and he didn't come back for a while. <laughs> and I thought, I wonder what's going on. And he shows back up and he says, I'm so sorry. He goes, I, I am so sick, I don't know what happened. Like I had to stop on the side of the road and oh. throw up. And he's just like, goes to fetal position and I don't see him. Well, I can barely like walk around and take care of the kids. And so that was just a very, um, just felt like a dark moment, I guess for me, what I thought, I have these three kids, mm-hmm. the closest our family is, is six hours and 10 hours. My husband's in fetal position. And I'm barely taking care of myself. And all three of them were, were watching uh, the television. Uh, thank goodness this, this wasn't pre-TV. I don't, I don't know how people did it. They are <laughs> truly super. But, um, and I can just remember looking and tears forming my eyes going, how am I going to do this? Because Kale was still really little, like baby, like crawling something, two-ish. Okay, so he's probably walking. Whatever. Again, I said, don't count my memory. Um, and I just remember grabbing the back of the furniture and, and just saying, God, I can't do this. You've given me too much. I can't do it. I can't do it, and right at that moment, the verse came to me um, from Isaiah uh, forty-three two. You know, it says, "When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame will not consume you." And so I just remember, okay, God, I I, I just I trust you. I trust you that we're we're not going to be consumed. We're not going to be overwhelmed. And I'd walked into the kitchen just after catching my breath from that and seeing that one of my friends uh, had texted me. And she goes, I was just sitting in my quiet time praying for you, and this verse came to mind. And she oh, gives wow. me Isaiah 43 three, two.
1: What? Praise the Lord for that. Oh, my word. So that was a Bible <laughs> verse. Yeah, and yes. you're just
2: like, okay, so for those people who don't think God is real, right. I mean, come on yeah Um, and so and then shortly after that her husband showed up like with toilet paper for matt was really great and he would just toss it into the room and shut the door to like because she was out of town so he's like and so i'm laid up in one spot matt's laid up in the other and every now and then bobby would just come in and go need toilet paper (laughs) you know he was and so just even the value truly we learned too of surrounding yourself with good friends Mm -hmm. because when i was rushing with addison to the hospital um, Matt called his best friend because he was at home with the boys playing Mario Kart, and um, you know he called his friend and said, "I need you to get here." And his friend was there in no time, stayed the night, and you know Matt was there with me, and then to have um, then I had some friends come down from Maryland, and she stayed with the the younger kids for a little bit until some parents could get there. And then even in that moment when, man, just the waves kept coming, um, and then to have friends that were, that are close I mean, come on, have friends close enough to come over and say, I can throw you toilet paper because I know you out, you know, know, and I know you need it because oh. you're in fetal position. So when
0: you first moved to Oklahoma, um, did you know anybody?
2: No. You didn't? So Mm-mm. what did you do
0: just to get into those kinds of communities? What were the fr- some of the things that you kind of?
2: Girl, I just forced myself on people. I was like, look, we're going we're going for a friend date. You coming? And I just started like on that one'll work. That one's not gonna work. That work. <laughs> so so here we are. <laughs> no, but but seriously what I did was I am so glad that so God we brought you to Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. I'm so glad. I mean, I really did like because what I learned is you can't wait for people to always befriend you. And I, I know for some personalities that's easier than others. But we were still looking for a church home, but we had been here um, at First Baptist for a few weeks, and they had had a women's summer Bible study because we'd moved here at the end of May. And so I just got involved with that study, although we were still looking at other churches. But I I really, like joking, but but really serious, like just kind of took that roster and just like would call people or text people or catch them afterwards. Hey, you want to go to the Y and swim? Hey, you want to go to the park? Hey, you want to because I just knew that this is where the Lord had us, this is where he led us, and um, I wanted to start creating those tunnels for my family, those relationships and friendships, and so that's kind of how we got to know people and how they got to choose whether or not to keep us at arm's distance or embrace us, so. I love how intentional
1: that is, that Mm -hmm. you are seeking the friendships that you know God has for you, and you're open to that. That is a great example for me, for all of us listening to this, that if we're sitting on the couch feeling lonely, well, there's one way to fix that. Be intentional. Yeah, you do the texting and calling and set set up a let's go for coffee or, and and don't wait around for a great friendship to drop in your lap. That is not how it happens. And so that you were intentional in saying, I'm going to go to this Bible study. I'm going to plan a park date with our friends and let's take the kids out. And, you know, you just pursued the godly friendships you knew God had for you, and here we are six years later. That we're sitting here and we know each other. And I'm just, honestly, I can imagine not knowing the Huddler family who just love you so much. Um.
2: But you know, even Robin, like something on the kind of on the back end of that too, that I learned was there were several people that are probably in my tightest circle of influence now here in Oklahoma who said, until you came, I wasn't connected to anybody. Which was so interesting because the perspective from an outsider coming in, you're like you're like, it looks mm-hmm. like everybody's looks connected and like everybody knows everybody. And, everybody knows mm-hmm. everybody. Right. and they were like, "It's so weird that it took you, an outsider, to bring like the six of us, you know, together." So sometimes we just have to be so careful, like you said, that we're not presuming, you right. know, what's going on.
1: Right. Well, we had um, talked before this recording about how there are some amazing things that God has brought your family through, and a recent medical journey that past couple years that you all have been walking through is pretty enormous and amazing and still still walking it and i just wanted to ask if you would just tell us a little bit about that and and share where it began and how god's brought you this far
2: so about the first two years that we lived here it really was all rainbows and sunshine with a bag of skittles and (laughs) we knew um i know i get all kinds of pictures in my head with that but we knew when the lord was leading us here that we had walked with him long enough to know that just because the Lord's leading you somewhere doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. Sometimes he walks us through the wilderness. I mean, we see that after um, Jesus is baptized and that the Holy Spirit immediately leads him into the wilderness. So if that's something that the Holy Spirit can lead Jesus to right after baptism, you know, why are we like so shocked Surprise. when right. when he leads us to the wilderness? And and mm-hmm. it, and it sometimes it, it, it hurts my heart a little bit to think that People will go, you know, I believe the Lord led me here. and that But then all of a sudden everything started falling apart. And then I just realized I must not have heard from him. And I just don't believe that that's always the case. I, I just really believe that sometimes he does love us enough. And this is what I've been trying to wrap my brain around the last two years, is that out of his great love, out of his great relentless love for me, that he has deemed these circumstances to be for my best. Mm-hmm. And that's a big picture to swallow, to think, his love for me far exceeds the love i have for my kids or the love i have for my husband and so um that has just been so interesting that the pain that we've had to walk through and and it really was like i said wonderful for those first two years but these last two years have just been hard and um but they've been so good you know they've been rich i went through uh, like a medical journey myself where i was um from almost every doctor here that I'd seen, they were telling me I had MS and then maybe with a side of lupus. And, and I can remember, again, a moment for me when I was by myself and, uh, you know, it was late at night and I was just really processing. And it was like I, hold the, I heard the Holy Spirit just say, am I enough? Hmm. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? And I And I just really felt like he was like, if you get to a place where you are dependent on everybody else to live and to move – Am I still enough? And that was a tough question to really answer mm-hmm. because I knew if I answered it, I had to had to own it. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And so I really felt like at the end of that time, I was able to say, you are. Because if you are who you say you are, then you're enough when it is rainbows and sunshine and Skittles. And you're still enough when it's about as dark as I can imagine. Mm-hmm. And so as I walked through that, that journey and just, I'm not going to get into the, all the details of that, but God just walking away from my health journey I had learned that he has to be enough in the good and he has to be enough in the bad but I also learned that he can open any door he wants to open and he can shut any door he wants to shut and I have to trust that whether he opens or shuts that his great love is doing that because there was a moment where I was studying in exodus and just going um as my daughter's stuff started happening so we were coming out of my stuff and then all of a sudden she started having all this neurological stuff going on and and I remember reading Exodus 14 and I was watching the Israelites that they'd just been led out of slavery and then they here they are and they're looking at the Red Sea in front of them the mountains are on either side of them and Pharaoh's army is behind them and for them it's like they it felt like you just led us out of slavery you freed us only to trap us and, and that's how I felt and that's how Matt and I felt was like he had just delivered us through my medical journey because the end of my medical journey was um, it ended up being food allergies and um, vitamins that were out of whack. and, and it was How long also, did it
0: take them to figure all that out for you?
2: Um, it was between six and eight months, okay. um, which felt like a lifetime. It mm-hmm. seems like that's no time at all. But there was also a moment, and I didn't want to hang out here too long. I can, but um, I also feel like that the Lord, um, in the middle of that journey, there was a group of women who fasted and prayed over me one day. And I can uh, remember that. It was shortly during that time, I'd also started taking a vitamin D because I started thinking, I wonder if my vitamin D's out. And then a week later, all of the pain in my joints, <clears throat> excuse me, all of the pain in my joints and my bones that were hurting and the inability to sit well was gone. Wow. I still had some neurological stuff <laughs> on the side of my face and my arm and other weird things, but the pain was gone. And I remembered because we had gone all the way to Cleveland Clinic and I got there and I hadn't put it all together quite yet. And I remembered getting there and um, talking to the rheumatologist, and I said, Hey, this happened. I was having all this bone pain, blah, blah, blah. But then I took this vitamin D. About a week later, man, all the pain was gone. And her jaw physically dropped, just dropped. And she said, That's scientifically impossible. And I said, Well, I get that it's scientifically impossible, but I'm just telling you that that's what happened. I mean, you might think I'm crazy, but she goes, No, ma'am really like it can take people years sometimes for their vitamin to d build that back up. to build it back up as low as yours was and i'm just telling you what happened well, when we're leaving the rheumatology office it hits me go back and look when everybody prayed for you and so i'm like going through my calendar matt's like what are you doing i'm like just wait just wait you know and i'm like <laughs> oh my gosh they prayed for me on that wednesday and then it was that following like tuesday that it was all gone. And what was interesting is I was part of a community Bible study at the time, and we had just been reading about the story where Jesus spit in the dirt and put it on the man's eyes, and mm-hmm. he said, what do you see? And he's like, you know, I see things that look like trees. And then Jesus did it again, and then he could see clearly. Right. And what was so cool was that a woman who was older, uh, she's older in her faith than I am, when we were going through that, she goes, I feel like this is going to be your story. And I was like, oh, okay, great, thanks. You know. <laughs> and it ended up being my story because it was like, she said where it's not like the Lord didn't heal me all at one time, but it was through a progression. And so I am, I'm coming, circling the wagon to say that we, so we're walking out of my journey where we did feel like the Lord had brought complete healing to me. I mean, I have to keep some food and, and vitamins in place, mm-hmm. but I mean, come on, it did isn't what right. we thought. Right. So then when we walk here and I'm like, what in the world are you doing, Lord? Like you've led us to, I feel like the Israelites, like there's mountains on either side, the Red Sea's in front of us and... Pharaoh's army is behind us. I need you to open this. I need you to open it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I really felt like that he was teaching me, what he was teaching them was they looked at the Red Sea and they saw their demise, but he looked at the Red Sea and he knew it was going to be their deliverance. And so I felt like that's what he was walking us, saying, I just brought you out of slavery and you're feeling trapped right now, but this is going to be for a greater deliverance. And so that's part of kind of how we started Mm -hmm. to walk into... Addison's journey where she started having different neurological issues and just a whole host of things and we kept going from doctor to doctor and um, Nobody could quite figure out, you know, what was going on and uh, Until we finally moved to um, a new pediatrician and he's like, hey, I think this is what it is It's a certain kind of autoimmune. So I think this is and but the struggle with her journey has been that the autoimmune that She was diagnosed with is that there's a part of the medical community that doesn't believe it's legit And there's another part of the medical community that's like, there's enough information, there's enough um, scientific research to prove this is real and we've seen this happen. And so you can imagine as a parent, you're kind of being saddled with all of these decisions that you're like, I'm not sure if you heard, but I went to this tiny college in North Carolina with like a thousand people, no Baptist college. And um, I have my degree in elementary education. I do not have my degree in pediatrics, autoimmune, neurology, and you want me to make what kind of decisions? Which side of my argument? Yes. Um, You know, so it's it's just been one of those things that has just been so difficult as a parent to help your child understand why these things happen. And you're like, I don't know. Um, But I do know, remember when you have a choice to make. Remember how we learned of this years ago? You have a perspective to choose. Are you going to look for the ways that the Lord is working in the middle of it? Or are you going to be bitter and angry? And the choice is yours. Are you going to use this as a microphone to share the glory of God and how he meets us where we are? Or are you going to use it for a microphone for yourself? Are you going to build Mm -hmm. your kingdom of self-pity and woe is me? Or are you going to build a kingdom that can be advanced for, for him? All of things of which had kind of seeds that have been planted six years ago for yes. her I,
1: I think i need to just interject here that this is a great word for parents we all can relate although not to the part about it being an autoimmune disease but oh my goodness every parent can relate to the moments that your your child's hurt
0: because mm-hmm. <laughs> we want nothing more than to rescue our children and have them not have to go through sad or hard things we don't want
1: our children
0: to hurt and we would love to fix it to
1: have a magic wand to make it all better and to hear your testimony just now it's just so encouraging i mean to to say to my child this is your opportunity this is a microphone that god is going to use in your life for his glory and whatever it is big or small that they have the opportunity my children have the opportunity to learn this firsthand and Mm. I don't want to rob that from them and I'm glad that I don't have the ability to do that because thank goodness God is God and I'm not so he is in charge of what they are faced with but I choose as a parent that I can springboard this look at what God is doing let's praise the Lord in this for what he's gonna do and how He's going to use this your whole life. Mm-hmm. He's going to use this for his story, his mm-hmm. kingdom, that we can't even see yet. And that's, that's a really powerful example for us as parents to take heed today.
0: And it makes me think, too, of how, how hard it is for us to watch our children hurt, that it's hard for God to watch us hurt. Even mm-hmm. though it's something we have to go through sometimes, he doesn't like to see us hurt either.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. What are some specific moments that you can look back over this couple years and, and varying levels of the storm? Um, Some of them were pretty, pretty horrific. And how do you feel like God comforted you and met you in the storm and, and lifted you up out of the storm and helped you?
2: Uh, So a few different things um, that I can think of is. so there was one night, it was probably about, it was a little after 3 in the morning, and I had um, I'd heard some some noise from Addison's room, and so I'd gone up there, and she was just having a really rough night, and was having a, um, a seizure-like episode in, in, in her bed, and and at that very moment, the song was playing, Even If, by Mercy Me, because she had mm. music just playing in the background, and, and yeah. Even If You Don't. Um, And that's tough because when you're seeing your kid at their worst and you can't do anything about it Mm -hmm. and you really are having a difficult time trying to find medical help and you come to that reality in the midst of one of those hardest moments, listening to that song, saying, even if you don't, um, I'll still, I'll still love you. I'll still praise you. It's still well with my soul because what you want more than anything is for your kid to be healed. What you want more than anything is for one plus one to be two. You want there to be a magic pill and uh, our magic remedy and and in our case there just hasn't been and that i think has probably been the toughest um reality for us to face is that we may never get that easy fix. there's just so much uh controversy and and we're kind of on that pioneering end and and something that's interesting is nobody wants to be on the pioneering end but if you think about it somebody always had to be, no matter what it was, whether it was diabetes, whether it was cancer, whether it was some other autoimmune, regardless of what it is, somebody had to be at the beginning of the treatment and the diagnosis. But then when you find yourself there, you're just, you kind of feel like there's this injustice. Uh, At least we did. But again, um, I, I felt like months ago when we started into this journey odd i know but i was putting on my makeup in the bathroom not that not that it was odd. this put my makeup on in the bathroom but um just that the lord spoke to me there um not really he kind of in the shower on the toilet putting on my makeup he those are all the best places you know what i'm saying wants. like those yeah. are the best spots um <laughs> it's probably because it's when it's quiet i'm not sure um but i remembered thinking i just really felt like that he was just kind of just whispering to my spirit that um we had the emotional support we needed through family and friends this was at the very beginning of the journey and my husband has great insurance and and is at a place financially that i mean is it going to be a burden sure but that we were at a place that um that would be it, it wouldn't it'd be minimal compared to what other people have to do there's some things that people can't mm-hmm. can't get some care they can't get because it's so far out of reach or whatever and um, and that we were at a place in our faith that we were deep enough that that with his help we could do this and that there were other there were going to be other people behind us that didn't have those luxuries. They weren't surrounded by people that could hold them up and they wouldn't have the finances and they wouldn't either have a faith or a faith to be deep enough. And so I really feel like he said, I'm getting ready to take you on a journey and it's gonna feel long and it's gonna feel tiresome, but I want you know I'm gonna provide and I'm gonna lead the way um, and then you're gonna lead the way for the others behind you. You're gonna help mm-hmm. eliminate some of the steps for these others and it it was pretty powerful because that's exactly what we've seen him do there was a moment and i could and i truly could spend way more time than what anybody wants to listen to about (laughs) um all of the things that god has done in the middle of it that doesn't deter from it you know uh not wanting to have walked through it i mean there's still times i'm like if i could go back i just might but there was a moment when a friend of ours had been struggling for years trying to find a diagnosis for their child and through she had just befriended me through this journey and we were just talking and through that she learned that there was now a um, a diagnostic test for it still in the experimental stages but it's been around for a few years and still working mm-hmm. to get to, to market or whatever the word is and um, she goes what there's a test for that now and i said yes and so anyway so they had gotten their child um the opportunity to to get that test and there was a saturday morning it was really early and and she called and she sounded a little different when I, so I was like, hey, you know, what's up? And she just said, I'm just calling to say thank you and I'm sorry. So I, I said, what, what are you, what's going on? And she said, I just wanted to say thank you. She said, because of what you all have been through with Addison, she goes, we now have an answer for our kid. And they have mm-hmm. been looking for years. Aww. And the second thing she said was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what you've had to walk through for us to get this help. And from mama to mama it was silent and you could just hear the quiet sobs between the two of us because we knew mm-hmm. and then there's been times along the journey where she said i'm so sorry you're here but i'm so glad to have somebody i walked alone for so many years and you know my response been to her i'm sorry you had to walk alone for so long because it there's just it's just so complicated and it can just get really dark even if you have a solid faith you know, and then there, one of Addison's teachers had written in her journal of how incredibly privileged she felt to have had someone like Addison in her class and how Addison taught her about courage and taught her about how to stand firm in your faith. And, mm-hmm. um, and that, uh, we've had a parent, you know, there was a parent who reached out and just said, I know that what you guys are going through, and this is not even as anybody I'm close to, very much an acquaintance, and just said, I but you guys are doing such grace. And even the school nurse, I I got to chatting with her and I just told her, I said, I hope you know that your job is so much more than a job. You've taught me what it looks like to go above and beyond and not just see your job as clock in clock out. I said, you have ministered to our family during a very broken hearted time and you have been healing during that. And I can't thank you enough. And she said, well, I hope you know that because of y'all I'm able to now minister to other kids yeah. going through this that I couldn't have been before and you guys have taught us and so there's just I, like mm-hmm. I said I could fill our That's whole really 45 clear. minutes but just because you have a choice you know are you going to use this to say I still believe God is who he says he is and and in Addison having a, a seizure in the middle of the basketball court and mm-hmm. some non-believing people around just watching and and one lady later texted me and said I have no idea how you kept your calm I don't know how I would do this as a parent I think I would just be through the roof and it's an opportunity to share the gospel with her mm-hmm. and just say, we That's just right. trust the Lord. This is her part of his story. We don't like it, but we trust him. And recently, when we went for one of her last treatments in Virginia, Addison was talking to Matt and I in the car, and um, and she said, you know, there's a song, uh, I don't remember the name of it, but she said, at the beginning of the song, it talks about what if I could go back, what if I could go back to that moment and change things, you know? And she goes, you know, I'm thinking about this time in our journey, because what we had uh, later learned is we feel like um, that it was possible if it, if the infection that started this autoimmune had been caught earlier by her former um, medical professional that perhaps we could have avoided all of mm-hmm. this. I, th- I feel pretty strongly we could have. Wow. But I also know that we serve a sovereign God
0: mm-hmm. and
2: that he also could have intervened. And so she said, if we could go back to that moment in December, I don't know if I'd go back, mom. I don't know if I'd change anything. Wow. She's, yeah. She's like, I see so much good. And, and I said to her, wow. she goes, what about you? You think you go back? Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was like, well, <laughs> yes. I mean, the Lord has done a lot of really good things. And it has brought um, healing, mm-hmm. uh, spiritual healing for some and, and diagnosis for others. Because it hasn't just been that one. There's been some others along the way. It's been really neat to see what he's done. But um, And he's put us in front of medical professionals and in environments with people and with other hurting families that we've just been able to enter that grief with them Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. still hopefully let a little bit of light shine. Mm -hmm. So I get it that he loved us enough to go, I've got a greater purpose, but if you're asking me in my flesh if I wouldn't go back, I would like to say I wouldn't, but I don't know. If I was really given that opportunity, thankfully I'm not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... I can't really remember which question you asked that led me down that trail. but You answered it. You did yes. a beautiful <laughs> job.
0: <laughs> so where is Addison now in her journey?
2: Um, so we just recently completed, mm, a month or so ago, the most aggressive treatment that we can for her autoimmune. And um, and now we wait. You know, they told us it could take a few weeks to a few months to know whether or not um, basically her immune system would kind of flip a switch and do what it's supposed to do. or If it truly could could be autoimmune that she struggles with off and on throughout her life so um but what's so powerful is it's i can remember a great a very good friend of mine in virginia saying they were kind of struggling through something with their son and she said you know what i've learned is that that's part of his story too and part of a work god is doing in his life and i remembered recalling that as we're walking through this with addison because shortly before we left for virginia she um, she said to me, she goes, I want to share with you, I want to read to you from my journal. And I said, okay. And she said, you know, there's the Bible verse. So she reads me the Bible verse that many are the plans of man, but only the Lord orders his steps. And so she begins to read to me her journal and just talking about how her plans were to be a normal teenager and to not have to worry about like what kind of environment she could be in or could she do the things she loved to do and uh, would people make fun of her and um how would she cope through all those things and and her plan was to be able to go on all these mission trips overseas and her body won't let her yet and you and she just listed all of her plans and she said but god's plans were to have me walk through this and to do that and she just started listing all of the things of what god's plans had gifted to her and so you look at those and you go gosh had i made the choice to go back um, of course, I want to take that pain from her, but holy cow, the maturity that's brought and her walk with the Lord through that. I, I'd rather have that than to have a pain free life. It's truly you know? astounding to hear that wow yeah, yeah. fourteen yeah.
1: year old teaching us all yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, and you're just and and her and and what's been so cool about that to me is is i have there have been times when she you know, she'd even written me this really long thank you card and left it in my little where I have my quiet time. And so I'd gotten up the next morning and found this little card in my little quiet time seat. And, um, and she, and you know, so many times I feel like I just totally fail as a mom. And there's moments we like all that. We feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, how You're you You're like, you? well, she's getting <laughs> um, Jesus. It ain't from here. <laughs> 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 but, but, you know, in those moments where you go, she knew I'd be in that seat the next morning. You know, she knew that I would find it. And in that, to, for her to go... You know, for her, her mind to go, she's writing down, I feel this, but I'm standing on this scripture. I feel this, but I'm standing on this scripture. And I'm like, Holy cow. And, you know, she's like, uh, Satan may take sports for me, but he won't take my faith. I'll just go on mission trips. I mean, you're going, this is a 13, 14 year old kid. But in that moment, the Lord was like, I've prepared her. Hmm. Stop worrying. I've prepared her. I got this. You know, I don't just have you, and I don't just have your husband, and I don't just have your boys. I got her. I told you I'd lead. And let's stop in this moment and just acknowledge
1: something, too, here that. How powerful is it <laughs> that Addison knew my mom will be in her quiet time chair mm-hmm. in the morning? Mm-hmm. She knew, well, you know, that's the example. That's the paving stone you've laid as a mom. And as you faithfully have been there to start your day, your kids have seen that. Mm-hmm. And Addison knew if there's a one place I know. My mom's going to find this. It's going to be this spot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, it's what's awesome you're thankful because all those other right. moments where you say the wrong words, you yell. God redeems it. That. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> He redeems it. Something's sticking. Something's
1: <laughs> some sticking. I was trying, Lord. I was trying. <laughs> so, He redeems even our, our days we fall flat as a parent. But isn't that a great word to think about, too? That, wow, no matter where you are as a listener today in your walk with God, today is, the, is a great day to start whether you're in a great pattern of, of faithfully spending quality time with God, or whether you're at the point where you're like, well, oh, I need to dust my Bible off and get started. Today's a great day to start for your kids to see that you go to him, to the Lord. And that's our what children learn answers. more from
0: observing than what we say? Oh, sure. I mean, we can say Thank things goodness. all day long. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Thank and goodness then, on some levels <laughs> Right, There's some things that I'm like can you just listen to what I'm saying and not watch what I'm doing yeah. <laughs> That's
2: not really how it works so. Or could you not hear what I'm saying and just watch what I'm doing I'm with <laughs> Jesus it might not sound like it but I am <laughs> Well and even to, to that point like about spending time with the Lord I, I want to be transparent enough too to say that there was a point in the journey where it was so dark for me that the most I felt like I could do was to get up try to make some advocating phone calls for her, and go back to sleep. And I I just felt like I cannot do quiet time. I just cannot get there, but Lord, I know I need you. And that's when I had started, you know, trying to compile all Bible verses together in a book around a common theme. And so I had found, and just different things, like I had created a page that's around the theme, the battle belongs to the Lord, one around healing, one around help, where the Lord is my help. But there was also one that I did. But the names and character of God. And there was one uh, particular morning, I was up, the Lord woke me up really early because I had to teach at a at a Bible study later that day. And the person who normally leads everything and directs everything and teaches had been out of town from a um, a family loss. And so here I was in charge of. You know, over 200 and something women and and over 100 and something kids, and I was the go-to, and I was the one teaching. Like no one else can do this at this mm-hmm. point. Like you can't call in sick today. You can't call in sick yeah. today, and I wanted to call in sick like yesterday. Yes. And I just woke up. and I said, well, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like I'm just so sad, and I just I'm so tired, and I'm, I don't have anything left, and I'd gotten up in that journal that i'd been putting around the, the names of god i just began reading them to myself and reading them out loud and I, I would and i'll read some of them just the name of the lord's a strong tower the righteous run to it and they're safe from proverbs 18:10. and the lord is good a stronghold in the day of trouble he knows those who take refuge in him from nahum i love you lord my strength the lord's my rock my fortress my deliverer my god is my rock and whom i take refuge my shield my horn of salvation, my stronghold, from Song 18, one to two, and I just continued to go, just reading them out loud, and it for me. I have walked with the Lord a long time, pretty old, thirty seven, and
0: <laughs> oh, I, oh my um, goodness, I know I just had to throw We're that out there. I just that had to throw that out there in this, room. In
2: this group. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> just saying, had to make myself look a little better. Um, but I have walked. With, I mean, I came to know the Lord when I was eleven, and. Um, But this was a time in my life that I can say that I really felt like I began to experience the power of Scripture because, I mean, that morning, it was like an about-face happened, and I got really excited about teaching and excited about ministering to these women and kind of going, you know what, devil, and I'm careful about how much credit I give them, but I'm like, you know what, I might have a black eye, and I might be limping, but by golly, I'm crawling in there, and I'm swinging with every last swing I have, you know, regardless of what you try to throw at me. And... It was just so cool to watch how the, you hear people talk about the power of Scripture, and then you really experience when you feel like, I am not getting out of bed today. And then not only do you get out of bed, but he completely changes mm-hmm. your mindset and your energy level. And so it was pretty. Well, on
0: that day that you had the Scripture just come to your mind, yeah, that's hard for that to do if you don't have that memorized somewhere in there. Right. And, yeah. and
1: scripture is our offensive weapon it yes. is the one thing that we are given in our armor of god that's the offense yeah. all of the other parts of the armor of god are defending our mind or defending our heart defending but the the word of god is the sword and so like second timothy three sixteen says all scripture is god breathed it is useful for mm-hmm. teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness and that gives us that reminder of we need the Word of God so much if we're gonna try to have any kind of victory in our lives at all we have to remember and acknowledge it's gonna come from God's Word his scripture it's not gonna come from our own good ideas my own plans and agendas that are so they're gonna fall flat without the, the Word of God
2: Well, there was a time i was sitting at the kitchen table and we were just desperate for the next step where to go we just felt so helpless and i had created a page around help and i just i said and i I mean i just started telling the lord hey psalm 32 8 says i will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go i will counsel you with my eye upon you lord this is what you said i'm counting on you to help us and i just started quoting all of these scriptures you know whether you turn to the right or to the left your ears will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way walk in it Isaiah 30, 21, I was like, Lord, you need to show us the way to walk in. And I, I'm not kidding you, no sooner did I stand up from the table and the Lord had answered that prayer and had shown us how um, one of the things that we were doing was actually contradicting her path to health. I mean, it was so bizarre. I called wow. Matt and I was like, you're not going to believe this. Mm-hmm. Look what I found. I didn't even know. Oh. And, and those aren't, and, and I hope for our listeners, I want you to know, I don't, I, one of my biggest weaknesses is scripture memory. That's something that I'm I am, I'm really trying hard to work better at. So the scriptures you hear me saying are not ones that I have committed to memory. I have a cheat sheet. I have a book here that I'm reading because I want to make sure that I quote God's word uh, correctly, especially as we're talking to you. But I just don't want anybody who's listening to feel inferior and think, my faith isn't that deep. I don't know the scripture like she does. I don't know. Listen, it, what it was is it was intentional saying, I need some help. Mm-hmm. And so I need to figure out how God helps me. Mm -hmm. You know, I I need uh, to know about trust. And so I just started looking up all the Bible verses about trust. The good part is we have Google, we have Bible Hub, we have all these (laughs) things. And I'm like, verses about trust. That's (laughs) what I do. (laughs) You know, and then I just put them all in one spot to go, I'm struggling today to know, Lord, can I trust you? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. or, and I can, because it's not about, and so for me, what I've learned through this journey, we're going to feel a lot of things unfortunately, I think as believers, we walk too much by what we feel and not as much by what we know. And so during this journey, I kept saying, Lord, this is how I feel. But I know that you're a healer. I know that you will provide. I know that you love me. But what I feel, I feel abandoned. I feel like you hate me. I feel like you don't see me. And I feel like this just isn't worth it but I know what your scripture says. And I feel like that's important for our listeners is that it's not because I've got it all figured out. It's not because I know all the answers or I have it all memorized. It's just being intentional, get it all in one spot.
1: And like you were just saying, you had your word, that, you know, your scriptures you'd written out and you were praying those very words mm-hmm. back to God. What a powerful way for us to communicate with the Lord when we're just at our wits end. We just Mm -hmm. let the Word of God speak for us. There is no higher truth than the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And so when we take that scripture and we quote it in our prayer, it is a heart's cry connecting to the Lord. And what a wisdom. What a a wise way for us to, to talk to the Lord and ask Him and then for Him to work. And you say, wow, look what He just did. Look what He answered.
0: Well, and... We have it so much easier today. Like, another good reason why I'm not a pioneer woman. Thank you, Jesus. I can just Google on my phone. That's right, girl. Pull my Bible up on my phone. That's right. So, I mean, we really don't have any excuses because we've got it so much easier than they did. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. years ago. For sure. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for telling us your story. A bit to end. Let's end on a little bit of a fun kind of ending. So, what are two things that you're loving, or something that you're reading that you are loving?
2: Mm, so, I guess something that I'm loving now is I just, well, because I'm I'm going to be part of a of teaching a Bible study in the fall, so I've been prepping for that, and so we're going to be doing thirty weeks between Mark, Philippians, and James. And so, the summer I really felt like the Lord was having me just take one chapter at a time and really create a detailed outline and that has just been really special to me i can't say that i've studied the bible like that before just taking a lot of time in the morning to and just kind of saying lord what are you saying to me through this i'm just really loving that i'm looking forward to that every morning and awesome. um i guess that's one thing that i'm really loving um i i i don't know i was trying to think of something else that i was really loving i mean i'm reading a few things but i can't say there's anything that i just really really loved during the journey i can't remember who wrote it but i read a book called hope heals and it was it was a great spiritual perspective and then i i read another book but it's not as clean um (laughs) well no this doesn't have to be yeah (laughs) called brain on fire and it was a girl's journey i've seen that movie yeah did the movie come out yes i didn't okay i knew they were it's supposed to be a major motion picture
0: Downloaded on Amazon, but yes. Okay, I'm
2: going to have to Because I got up, the girl. book, and I started reading it, and I was like, this yeah. is getting
0: a little too detailed, and I don't. Yeah. There's a movie. I'm going to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: love it. I love it. I just, I just cut out the chase.
1: And, Amber, what's a, let's hear a funny, what's a pet peeve? What is something that gets under your skin?
2: All right, so I'm going to keep it light. It's not really light. I might get on, I really won't get on a soapbox, but you really want to see me try to keep my Jesus. This is when I start to lose them. <laughs> Is it like, just kidding, listeners, I am being facetious in case you do, haven't learned that yet, um, <laughs> sort of being facetious. But it really gets under my skin when people just like, you know, they eat on dishes and then they just leave them laying around or they leave their shoes just wherever they last landed. Mm. or I mean, that can be anywhere. i been there, my friend. You know, that can be <laughs> home. That can be work. You're like, are you serious right now? Like, you picked mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you dropped it off. Why can't you pick it up? You mm-hmm. ate off of it. Like, clean it up. I'm but there even is a when spot I cook, in my
0: living room, that my children think that that's where their shoes go every time, and I like, I don't understand. <laughs> Do we
1: keep our shoes here now? <laughs>
2: yeah. But it just undoes me, you know. Like even when I cook, I'm like I use something and I put it away. Like I'm cleaning up behind myself. I'm like this is not hard for crying right? out loud. I am not a. There's no fairy that comes in here that cleans us up. And they're like, why is the house a wreck? I oh, don't know. Maid don't live here. Anyway, so you asked. <laughs> we you're go. welcome.
1: Well we're so thankful that you came and shared your story today on the very first ever episode Thank of a framed <laughs> interview. Thanks for putting up with I liked us. First. And we listeners we just hope that this has been a blessing to your life and that God will use Amber's testimony to give you um, a piece of encouragement and just like Revelation 12:11 says they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony mm-hmm. since amber did not keep silent today amber shared her testimony today it's going to be we're just having faith that it's going to give an opportunity for victory for people that are hearing it today so we thank you um amber for for your time and for um all of you listeners out there and we hope that you tune in next time on afraid not
0: Bye, everybody. Huddler out. (laughs) Hey, listeners, we hope you enjoyed that conversation with Amber and that you were encouraged by her words.
1: Thanks for being a listener today of the very first episode of Afraid Not. And by the way, at the beginning of the episode, I misspelled the word afraid, so just to let all of you know out there, I do not misspell that (laughs) word. No.
0: Uh, Robin's a music teacher, <laughs> so they only spell in songs, right? So it's fine.
1: We all need grace, <laughs> Right? <laughs> Thanks for
0: listening, Join everyone. us next time. Be sure you subscribe to this podcast in any of your podcast apps. You can go on there and give us a rating if you'd like, share this with your friends, and any way that you can, and we appreciate it. Have a great day.
1: We're so glad you were listening.